Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. The Holy Spirit, when you hear those words, what comes to your mind? Being a Pentecostal boy, growing up in an uh, extremely traditional Pentecostal church, um, Holy Spirit to me meant hearing people say things I had no idea what they were saying. And I was wondering if there was something wrong with them. It meant hours of services. I mean, it was like you come to church on Sunday and you better bring some crackers or you better bring like a side sandwich or something because you're not getting out of church until like 1.30, 2 o'clock, and then you're coming back 6 p.m. in a few hours to go home, get your Sunday nap in, and then get back to church. It meant uh, seeing... People like with, with, with like um, weird outward expressions that made me be like, what in the world is, is going on here? It meant people like laying hands on me and like pushing me down. I don't know if, if you've ever been there before, you're kind of up here, altar time, and some person is praying for you and they won't stop praying for you until you're slain in the spirit. <laughs> have you ever been there? <laughs> Confession time. I have always given courtesy drops, is what I call it. <laughs> this is probably bad. But I'm like, yo, this person ain't going to stop praying for me until I go out. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> y'all laughing because y'all have done that before. Quit lying. <laughs> if you grew up in Pentecostal churches, you know, because you, know, you see everyone else falling out, and you're like, I ain't, I ain't going to be the only one. <laughs> it's like, I'm out. I'm gone, you know, but even that terminology, slain in the spirit, like, yo, you want to get murdered in the spirit? You want to get killed in the spirit? <laughs> right, so, so, so it's like, that, that was kind of my definition term. That was what was on my board of what it kind of meant for Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you grew up in kind of a different church where the Holy Spirit wasn't even talked about. They were even like, yeah, that, that Holy Spirit, dude, yeah, just going to leave him in the back. We ain't going to talk about him. We're just, we're just going to put him back right back here, and we're going to focus on Jesus. Because we don't want to get this Holy Spirit guy involved. Because you know that there have been whole denominations built and structured on what someone believes about the Holy Spirit. So someone has taken one of their own experiences and built a whole denomination centered on their experience. Or, or they have said, I've experienced the Holy Spirit this way. So now everyone needs to experience the Holy Spirit this way. But some, some churches, maybe your definition is the Holy Spirit was just kind of put on the sidetrack because we didn't want to deal with the Holy Spirit because then, 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 then things would get complicated and things might get weird. We're just going to get the Holy Spirit and just kind of put them. Or, that, or maybe you grew up in church and you're like, holy what? Maybe you never grew up in church. So maybe you're in here today and you're brand new and... You hear us singing about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Uh, let us become more aware of your presence, spirit, all of this stuff. And you're just like, holy what? I've said holy something else before. I've never heard of the whole, I've holy S something else. I've never heard of the Holy Spirit. So maybe you're, you're just new today. But as we are on this summer road trip series through Scripture, we find ourselves today in the book of Acts. Last, last week we talked about the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and we talked about how it's all about Jesus. But then there comes this point where Jesus tells his disciples, he says, look, what I came to do, I've done. I came to live a perfect sinless life that you couldn't live, die the death that you deserved, die on the cross in your place and for your sins, and once Jesus did that, he came, taught, lived, did all of that stuff. It came to this point where he said, yo, disciples, I am about to be Audi. I'm about to leave. I'm about to go to sit right next to my father 
in heaven. Why? Because I came and accomplished what I did. I rose from death and overcame Satan, sin, the death, the grave. I overcame all that stuff. So I'm going to be ascending to heaven, but I am not going to leave you powerless. He said, I'm going to give you a comforter, a helper, a, a someone that is going to not just come upon you, but someone that's going to dwell in you. And what Jesus said was, he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And what the book of Acts is, is a story of the early church about how after Jesus left, he gave the Holy Spirit. And what we see happen is literally through the power of the Holy Spirit, through Jesus' followers, those that were Christians, they saw their world, Acts says it, turned upside down. Acts 17, 6. It says that the Christians were doing so much that, that they were seeing the Holy Spirit move in such powerful ways that the description the outsiders gave, the, the, the description that those that did not follow Jesus, what they said about the Christians is they're turning this world upside down. My prayer is that it would be said about the Jesus followers in the 757 that we are living through the power of the Holy Spirit and we're literally seeing the 757 turned upside down. Can I get an amen from somebody here? Come on. That is the goal. The goal of the church is not to just have a nice little church service where we come and gather each Sunday and sing kumbaya, say a few prayers. God, hurry up and get us to heaven so we can get out of this hell hole. Unfortunately, that's the way many Christians live. They want to live with this whole mindset that we are here suffering and, you know, we, we just got to, you know, wait for Jesus. Maranatha, Jesus is going to come back and save us and rescue us from this craziness that's going on. But that wasn't what Jesus told his followers. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit uplifting Jesus, you're going to see the world turned upside down. And my prayer for us, Lifehouse, is that today, my prayer for you today is we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And like I said, I don't know what kind of background you have. I don't know what kind of church you grew, you grew up in or what kind of preconceived notions or beliefs you have about the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to generously ask you today if you would give me a blank slate. If you'd give me a blank slate and, and let me speak about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, introduce you to, to him and talk about his real purpose. And my prayer today is that you would walk out empowered knowing the inheritance you have as a follower of Jesus Christ. Because some of you here, you have what you would even call a powerless Christianity. You literally feel helpless. Part, part of you says, yeah, I follow Jesus, but at the same time, I feel so powerless. Do you know, Acts, Acts 19, verses 1 and and. And two, this was actually right at the time period, Christianity was just exploding. God was doing incredible things. And Paul found these, these brand new followers of Jesus Christ. It said this, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. So these are followers of Jesus. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, I think there's many people in the church today that do this. They love, they serve, they follow Jesus, they genuinely love him. But at the same time, they would almost say, yeah, I don't even know the Holy Spirit. And what you're missing out on is the very gift of empowerment that God has, has given you to help you live a life that honors and serves Jesus and ultimately gives you so much joy on this planet. So today, I'm just going to briefly ask you if you would just give me a blank slate so I can talk about the Holy Spirit, which was the driving force behind what you see in this book, Acts, that we see the world through the church was turned upside down to where in 300 years, the Roman, the, 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 the actual, it was, a, it was actually a Christian nation under Rome. They saw so much impact happen, and, and really, I believe this. If the church can discover, rediscover the power and purpose of the Holy Spirit, that it can be said about our 757 Newport News, that, man, they are turning the world upside down as Jesus' followers are empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. Amen, church? Woo! That was the introduction. You're welcome. So give me a blank slate. So we're going to actually dive into actually just the name of the Holy Spirit. We're going to actually dive, dive, uh, dive in here. So the Holy Spirit, the word the Holy Spirit is actually used 800 times in Scripture. Now, of course, you know, the Bible was 
was, um, it, it was written in two different languages, Hebrew and Greek. The Old Testament in Hebrew, the New Testament in Greek. And so we're going to actually explore the two words for spirit in, in the Old Testament and New Testament, and we're going to see how that applies to how the translators translated the word spirit. So if you actually look in the, in, in the Old Testament, the word for spirit is the word ruach. Everyone repeat after me, ruach. Now, hopefully that got the popcorn or, or whatever you had stuck in your throat, right? Ruach. That's, that is some Hebrew right there, okay? Ruach. And what you see, see here is the actual definition of that word spirit is actually tra- translated as wind, breath, violent ex- exhalation, a blast of breath. We'll actually see Genesis 1, 2 here when it says, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over, the surface of the deep and the spirit of God, the breath of God, the ruach of God was hovering over the water. So it was kind of like the breath of God, the, 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 like, the kind of like wind of God was hovering over the waters, even at creation. We, we go into the New Testament. You, you see here the, the Greek word, or yeah, the, the Greek word translated for, for spirit in Greek is the word pneuma. The P is, is, is actually silent here, but it's a current of air, a blast of breath, a strong breeze. There, again, we go. It's kind of like wind, breath, um, wind. In John 6, 6, 63, Jesus here is talking, and Jesus says this, the spirit, the pneuma, the breath of God, the wind of God gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words that I have spoken to you, Jesus says this about his own words. They are full of the pneuma and life. So we can kind of see here in these two definitions that they both have the connotation of wind, like breath. Like there's kind of this like something that you can't tangibly see but you can feel. And that's why some some of you come into church Sunday and you almost say this. You say, man, I just feel like I got a breath of fresh air in my spirit. And really what that is, it's the Holy Spirit filling you with his breath, with his presence, with his wind as you encounter and open yourself up to what God wants to say to you. Now, here's the thing. So I, I want to quickly int- introduce you, though. So that kind of dives into the Holy Spirit's name. But now I want to get into maybe some characteristics of the Holy Spirit that we're going to actually compare. If it's kind of like a wind, if it's kind of like a breath, I'm, I want to take this word wind that we see in the natural and actually compare it with the spiritual or kind of, of say, what are some natural qualities of wind that we could take and apply to, these, to, to the spiritual realm that would help us greater understand the work and moving of the Holy Spirit. First off this, wind is unseen. You ever seen that? Wind is unseen. And with the Holy Spirit, there is this unseen working, this unseen moving that the Holy Spirit does that we can't actually see it, but at the same time, we can feel it. Wind, you can't really see it, but many times you can feel it, right? And there's nothing like a good wind breeze on a nice hot day, right? You got a, a, a really hot day, and you're at the beach, scorching hot, but then you get that, the, the umbrella thing under there, you're under there, and then you got the gentle breeze blowing. And that, that it, you know, is kind of what the Holy Spirit is. It, it is a breeze, a refreshing a wind for your soul that comes in and takes you to places you didn't think that you could actually go. But the bottom line is it's unseen. Many times we can see it, and some of you have a huge problem because there are things about God that you can't see, therefore you think you can't understand it. And so kind of a barrier for you is, oh, well, I don't really feel God, so therefore I don't think God is real. But at the same time, look, you're going to have people in church, they are going to be feelers. Like, you've got some people, they come into church and they jump up and down and they're worshiping, and then they feel it, right? They're getting into the worship, doing the Holy Ghost hot, you know, a little, a little bit, doing, doing their thing. And, and you're like, man, well, I don't have that. I must not feel the Holy Spirit. But, but then you've got some people, they're kind of more thinkers, you know, they're kind of in worship. They're kind of like sitting there, and they got their hands in their pocket. They're just looking at the words. Let us become more aware of your presence. And, you know, and there's probably people judging you like he's not worshiping. His hands are in his pocket. But, you know, you're kind of more of a thinker. You kind of more think about words. You're kind of more of an 
and intellectual type. And that's okay. Like, you don't always have to worship like this in order to opt in, in order to participate in worship. But you've got people that are so led by their feelings that they never think. And you've got some people that think so much they never actually feel. And in church, we have, I believe you go to like one side. You know, it's like if you're a thinker, well, I'm just thinking about the goodness of God, the greatness of God. God's never going to make me feel anything because I am a man and I don't feel things. I am emotionless and nope, Holy Spirit's never going to move in my life. I'm never going to raise my hands ever. Nope, I don't think so because I'm a tough man. And then you got those that are like, yeah, Jesus, woo! Who cares about God's character? Who cares about learning stuff about God? I just want to feel him. I just want to feel So they're in every worship service. And, and then you got those, they're in all the Bible studies. Because they don't care about what they feel. They just want to know more. And then you got some, they just want to feel. They don't care about knowing. Let me tell you, we need both. You need both. If you're more of a feeler, you need to say, God, help me know more about who you are. Stir me intellectually. Now, you might have some, y'all might be, yep, I just do Bible studies. I'm a teacher. is my spiritual gift, and I like facts. I like knowledge. I like dictionaries. I like Bible reference systems. I like all of those. I like spreadsheets. I like Excel. Those are my favorite things. And so I want to, that's, that's how I know God. And, dude, that's, that's totally fine. That's totally cool. We encourage that. But at the same time, if you say, I'm going to block off what I feel, you're blocking off a sense and of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit because it's unseen. Jesus said this in John 14, 16, 17. He says, I will ask the Father, this is Jesus talking, and he will give you another advocate, another helper to help you and will be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, and he's talking to his disciples here, for he lives with you and will be in you. My prayer, church, follower of Jesus here, is that you would know you've got the Holy Spirit in you. And many times that work is unseen, but it is something that we could feel. And I would ask you to open up your feel, not to just be led completely by them, but say, God, I know you are working. Help me to feel what you are doing. Why? Because that's what wind does. We don't see it, but we can feel it. And I think sometimes we can resist the work of the Holy Spirit because we don't want to be led by our feelings. But at the same time, wind is something that you feel. But secondly... The wind is unpredictable. Isn't that true? You'll be out, and one day it'll be blowing northwest. The next second, it'll, it'll be blowing north, northeast. And many times, the wind, wind can be unpredictable. And let me tell you this. Sometimes the Holy Spirit can be unpredictable. If you try to put God in a box, and you say, God, I only want you to move this way in my life, and I'm only going to let you move in this way in my life, the Holy Spirit will mess you up because you can't put God in a box. We always want to put God in the box of how God moves and say, oh, he's only going to move through this mechanism, through this way, because that's how he did it in the past, and that's how he's going to do it in the future. You know what I'm saying? It's like we, I, I believe God works in different ways. Why? Because if he didn't, we would worship a mechanism rather than worshiping him. We would say, yeah, oh, it's because we have good worship that the Holy Spirit comes. So let's get good worship. It's because of an amazing preacher like John Ware that the Holy Spirit comes. I'm just kidding. But it's like, we can then say, okay, if we do this system, this system will then lead to the Holy Spirit moving. But the Holy Spirit is not a system. Holy Spirit's a person. The Holy Spirit, just like wind, many ways is unpredictable. Have you ever said things like God works in mysterious ways? That's not even in the Bible, first off. But in some ways, it is. Because what you're basically saying is the Holy Spirit, the way God works, is unpredictable. And I believe there's got to be a part of us that welcomes the unpredictable nature and movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because if we don't, we'll miss it. We will miss the moving of the Holy Spirit because we put God in a box. You know, Jesus, there, were, you know, there was this one particular time in Scripture where Okay, Jesus is going around healing people, and this guy came, came up to him, and he said, hey, can you put your hand on him and heal him? Just, just do your hand thing. Seems like you got magic in that hand. Take that hand and put it on him, and it'll heal him. Well, Jesus is, yeah, sure, sure, go on, bring him over. He, he brings him over, and Jesus 
Scripture says he gets down on the ground and starts spitting in the ground. And it says he makes like a mud pie, mud pies, out of the dirt. And, is, and Scripture says he starts putting that on the man's eyes. Can you imagine the guy that brought him? Like, yo, yo, Jesus, I said the hand thing. I said the hand thing. I didn't say dirt pods on people eye thing. I said hand thing. Put your hands on them. But Jesus was not going to be boxed into a mechanism. He said, I'm going to go outside of what your normal thinking is, because honestly, that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit, in many ways, is unpredictable. And if we say, Lifehouse, we want Jesus to move this certain way, he's got to move at this time, this certain, certain, certain thing, then we are taking the unpredictable nature of the Holy Spirit away. We've got to be open, and we've got to say, Holy Spirit, I, we are open to when and how you want to move. Like, because look, the bottom line is this, right? Like, I think so many churches get into this world. What, what that church did worked there, so let's do that here, and the same thing will happen here. I don't want to have that. I want to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in Lifehouse Newport News? Spirit of God, what do you want to do fresh in this city, fresh in this time? We don't want to copy someone else. We want to listen and be open to whatever your Holy Spirit wants to do, the fresh move of the Holy Spirit in this city and in this church. I want to put the sails up and let the wind blow. And where the Holy Spirit blows, we want to go there. Instead of saying, oh, well, that church did that. It was successful for them. Let's just do that. Why? Because then we're looking back on what God did instead of looking forward on what God wants to do. We can't put God in a box. There's an unpredictable nature of the Holy Spirit that in many ways, just like wind is, we have to open up our hearts to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. I challenge you to do that individually, not just corporately. In what ways are you putting the Holy Spirit in a box in your life? By saying, oh, God would never use me. I've done too much. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not good enough looking. <laughs> I, I'm divorced. I'm, uh, do, do you know who I am? Y'all, we need to put that stuff behind us and know that what God is, that the, the past has been dealt with, y'all. Jesus died on the cross for your past. You need to put the past in the past and stop focusing on the past and put your eyes forward and saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in me and through me right now? And put your sails up and let the Holy Spirit Leads you. John 3, 8. Jesus, um, Jesus said this, said the wind blows wherever it pleases. So, so, basically, so basically, this is Jesus here talking, and he's saying the wind blows wherever it pleases. The word wind there is the word pneuma. So Jesus here actually translated, he said, hey, the spirit moves wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Just imagine Moses, right? God spoke to Moses out of a burning bush. Imagine if Moses took that and he went back and he said, you know, y'all can't hear God unless y'all get a burning bush. God spoke out of a burning bush one time. One time. Uno tiempo. That's Spanish, I think. <laughs> one time. He spoke from a burning bush one time. But do you know what we do? God speaks to us and then we're like, God's got to speak to everyone exactly that way. Because what I've seen, Christians, they get locked into a time period that, that God moves. Honestly, one time that I was from, 90s time period, where it was like you had big revival services, and people would flock in from different churches, and there was this great refreshing, and I believe God moved, and God did incredible things. But that's the way God moved then. And I think we can say, well, 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 let's just do that. Well, well, let's just do that. And we want to say, God could never speak to someone on Facebook. On, online services? Pfft. No, they need to be in the house of God and feel the presence of God because that's how God moves. No, that's how God moved in your life. And if you're just going to box God in and saying, God couldn't move online on that sinful internet. God couldn't work on fake book. You need to get off... <laughs> You need to get off Facebook and get into his book. <laughs> Corny church signs. 
Here's the thing. If you find corny church, church signs, send them to, to me. I'm a fan of corny church signs, okay? If you find them, get them, text them to me or send them to me online. Facebook tag, tag, tag me. I love corny church signs. They're, they're the best. Right, but whenever we box God in and we're like, he's got, he, he's got to move the same way God moved in my life. Do you know what we're doing? We're boxing God in and potentially taking away an encounter that God wants to have with, with somebody. So do you, know what, do you know what, Lifehouse? We're going to try to be online. We're going to try to have online church at some point. We're, we're going to try every avenue, mechanism, possible way to get the gospel out. Paul said, I became all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. Do you know what Paul was actually saying there? I'll do whatever I got to do without sinning to reach someone for Christ. And if that includes us putting something online on Facebook, Facebook, whatever you want to call it, so somebody, maybe they're, they're going through something and they pass our page and they hear preaching or they see worship or they just see whatever and, they, and, and that will encourage them and, and be a part in their walk of finding out who Jesus is, we're all for it. We don't want to put God in a box. You know, the crazy thing is Jesus tried to put him in a box. I mean, are you serious? You're hanging out with sinners. You're sitting down with tax collectors. You're sitting down with who? The religious people tried to put him in a box, and what they were trying to do is take back an encounter that those people needed. Lifehouse Church, we're not going to be scared to go where people don't, don't want to go. We're, we're not going to be scared of, of whatever. The gospel is too good to hold on to. So we are going to be aggressive, and we're going to reach out through the unpredictable power of the Holy Spirit and see people's lives. And third, thirdly, wind is powerful. Thirdly, wind is powerful. Have you seen just some of the destruction from tornadoes? Like I just think of the one in Joplin, Missouri. This thing was a mile and a half wide, a tornado. I mean, just destruction from wind. Acts 1.8, Jesus here is talking. He's, he's talking with his disciples right before he ascends. And Jesus says here, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I want to camp, camp out here really, really quick. When, it, when, it, when Jesus commands his, his disciples, tells his disciples, but doesn't just tell them, tells you today. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses, Judea, Samaria, and to the utter ends of the, earth, of the earth. You know, for you will receive power. You know, this word power here, in the Greek, translate to dynamis. Dynamis, which those of you that pick up on things quickly here, you'll kind of see the connective word there. Dynamite. That the Holy Spirit will put in you a dynamite power. And, and let me tell you the connotations of this word, that what this word means, that this word was actually used for in the context of different literary writings back in Jesus' day. The power to perform miracles, moral power and excellence of soul, power arising from resources and numbers, power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, or hosts. Imagine if your definition of the Holy Spirit went from uh, something that I feel on Sunday morning, some guy just throwing the back, I don't want to know. What if it changed to the Holy Spirit puts in me the, the, the power to perform miracles? It puts in me the power for moral excellency. It puts in me the power that feels like I have an army resting on the inside of me that is backed by God himself. One scripture that I absolutely love is when it says, if God is for me, it's Romans 8, if God is for me, who can be against me? Do you know what the bottom line is? is as a follower of Jesus Christ, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit residing and living in you. The breath of God, the wind of God. And what does that mean? You've got like the literal army of God on the inside of you, ready to give you the power that you need to live a life that honors and serves Jesus, that sees miracles happen that lives a holy and godly life and that helps you operate in the gifts that God has given you. First Timothy, excuse me, second Timothy 1, 7 tells us this for the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid. Some of y'all live such a scaredy cat Christian life. Like y'all go around like hoping no one asks you about Jesus. Like y'all are like Peter before the Dagon rooster crow. You are Peter. You, 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 are, you are just like, I, yeah, I'll know Jesus. You just got like little servant girls. Like, hey, dude, who's that guy Jesus? I don't know. 
bleep you. Get away from me, little girl. But that was Peter before he got the Holy Spirit. Before Peter got the Holy Spirit, Peter could not even stand up to a servant girl. But then it says in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit, it says, comes at Pentecost. And that's why you've probably heard Pentecost Sunday. It's basically the day that the Holy Spirit dropped, the Holy Spirit fell, the Holy Spirit came. And guess who was the first person getting up in front of thousands of people saying, yo, do you know what you just saw? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. All of y'all need Jesus. Y'all need to repent. Y'all need to get your lives right. And scripture says that over 3,000 people responded, repented, and followed Christ on that first time the Holy Spirit dropped. And it was preached by Peter, a guy who couldn't even stand up to one servant girl. But the Holy Spirit came in him and gave him a supernatural boldness and power to to declare the gospel before the Holy Spirit. He didn't have that, but when the Holy Spirit came in, it gave him a supernatural power. And some of y'all need that today. You're literally going around living a powerless Christianity. You're bound to sin. You can't overcome sin. You keep dealing with the same issues, the same anxieties, the same stresses, the same hiccups, the same habits, hurts, hangups, and you've even said things like, does this Christianity thing even work? Is this even worth it? All this does is make me feel worse about myself. Why do I even need this? Like, could it be what you need more than just a good friend? What you need more than, than just more alcohol, more drugs, more sex, more things to fill an endless hole in your soul is as a follower of Christ, you need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because it I need to get off this chair before I fall off. I just realized I was on there. I was like, why am I so high up? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on a chair. Uh, it says, for the spirit of God, for the spirit that God gave us, the pneuma, the breath of God that he gave us, does not make us timid. Doesn't give us fear. But do you know what it gives us? It gives us a power, a dynamite power. It gives us a love. It gives you a supernatural love to love people you didn't think or you have the power to love. You know, the same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus Christ is available to you. The same Holy Spirit that when Jesus was on the cross being crucified by people that he made, he looked out at them and he said, Father, forgive them. I couldn't do that. I'd be like, angels, kill them all. (laughs) I made them. And they're doing this to me. But Jesus was what? Full of the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lived in Jesus is available to you. You can operate in it. You can have that power. You can have that dynamite power to even love those people at work that you can't stand. Y'all are laughing because you know who I'm talking about. You got that person at work that, 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 that if you weren't a follower of Christ, you might be in prison right now. Because you either punched him or significantly maimed them. Do you know what the power of the Holy Spirit does? It puts in you a supernatural love that you don't have yourself, but, the, but God pours in through the power of the Holy Spirit, and you become an avenue and a conduit that, God loves, that God's love moves through. And now you can love people you don't think you could ever love. Why? Because the, the Spirit of God gives you power, love, but then it also gives you this. It gives you self-discipline. Some of y'all are struggling with the same sins you've had for years, and you're like, why do I keep doing why do I keep having this? And maybe the fact is, is you don't need more training. You, don't need, you need an encounter with and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5. It says this, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the pneuma of God, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit was contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict. You ever felt that, you ever felt that way? Like you've got this battle going on inside of you. You've got your flesh that wants to just wig out, go buck wild, reckless living. But then you got that, that pneuma, that breath of God in you that's like, you're an idiot, don't do that. If you do that, you know there's destruction. If you do that, you know where that leads. You've done this before, don't go down that path. The Spirit of God reminds you of what God says. The Spirit of God is conflicting against that fleshly nature so, so you will obey the Spirit instead of what your flesh wants so you won't be dominated by the flesh, but you'll be controlled by the Spirit. It says they are in conflict with each other so that you do not ever do what you want. But I'm, 
I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, when you allow him to come in and work and, and take his rightful place in your life, what does that do? It helps you to overcome sin. It helps you to overcome fear and live a victorious, not perfect, okay? Get that. Some, some of y'all think, I'm never going to sin no more. Okay, awesome. No, you, you are. A lot. Even Paul said, what I want to do, sometimes I can't do. But it, it, it says the Holy Spirit will work in you. It says, it says here later in Galatians 5 to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, that you build a relationship, a fellowship with him, to where he brings con- conviction and tells you about God's word so you can see change and you can see Christ working through you. For you will receive power. My prayer for you today is that you would receive a supernatural power, an inner power that rests inside of you to see miracles happen, to help you live a pure and godly life, to help you cultivate the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, you will receive an ability beyond what you have to love, to have faith, and to give hope. And that literally you would understand today that the same Spirit that lived in Jesus Christ is available to you and that you would live by the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. But see, you know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit being in you is? It's, it's, uh, it's actually this. Go to the next slide, because Jesus says this, and you will be my witnesses. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. Like, you want a simple job description of the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you what it is. It's to glorify Jesus. You know why God gives you the fruits of the Holy Spirit? It's not to be like, hey, I love, I'm joy, I'm, I'm great. The purpose of the fruits of the Holy Spirit being in you is so people around you will be like, what's so different about that guy? You'll be like, Jesus. The purpose of you operating in your spiritual gift, whatever that is, is not so you can be like, I'm awesome. I'm great. I can prophesy. I can speak in tongues. I can do all, I, I can do all these great spiritual things. The purpose of every gift, spiritual gift, fruit of the Spirit, the purpose of your life, Jesus says, for you will receive the Holy Spirit, and you'll be my witnesses. The job description of the Holy Spirit, flat out, is one line, make Jesus famous. You know, the whole purpose of your life is to make Jesus famous. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you literally have one goal and one purpose, and that is to make Jesus famous through your life. He has given you time, talent, and treasure that you don't own. You are a steward of. Do you know what a steward does? A steward manages what has been entrusted to him. They manage it for the purpose and benefit of the one that entrusted it to them. Do you know who, who gave it to us? God. Do you know what we're called to do with, with every moment of our time, with every dollar of our treasure and every talent we have is to honor and glorify Jesus. There's no other purpose. If you're a follower of Christ, if your identity is found in anyone else, your purpose to do anything else is besides glorifying Jesus, you need to be reacquainted with the Holy Spirit who said, Jesus said, I'll, I'll give this to you. It'll give you power, and then you'll be my witnesses. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to glorify man. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to glorify a church. The purpose of the Holy Spirit has one goal. He has one motive. He has one call. That's to uplift Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit lives in you, that's your call also. The Greek word here, witness, is, an, is a really interesting word because it's the word martis. Martis which if you again pick up on fast things, or if you pick up on things quick, you'll see the root word here is martyr. You know what a martyr is? Okay, no one does, awesome. It's someone that dies, that dies for their faith. It's someone that is a witness. It's someone that, that testifies about somebody or something and what that's done. Jesus says, you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses In other words, saying, you will testify about me, but you just won't testify about me. The Holy Spirit will empower you to testify about me, even to the point of giving your life. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to cultivate in you, a boldness, a a conviction, a passion, a desire that you say, I want to testify with my life, with my time, my talent, my treasure, everything that God has given me about the goodness of God. I don't even care if it's up to that point where I have to give my life. Now, we live in a very accepting culture here of Christianity, so it's not like we've got people wanting to kill us, murder us, and I mean possibly, but, but at the same time, we're meeting in a 
movie theater. And I mean, it's like we have pretty good freedom here, but you never know. But my hope is that the Holy Spirit would so take root in in your life and fill you that you would be consumed with a passion to want to please, honor, and serve Jesus because of the Holy Spirit's work. And you'll even say, it doesn't matter. My life does not matter because Jesus is everything that matters to me because he gave all for me. I want to give all to him. It says, you will be my witnesses. My witnesses. But lastly, I got to hurry. It's 1140. God help us. Lastly, though, the Spirit will send you out. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, the inworking of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will send you out. He says, for you will be my witnesses. But then he says this, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I think we need to be really careful, right, where we think the work of the Holy Spirit, number one, only happens in this room on Sunday. Where we can almost, you know, we can pray things like, Holy Spirit, come into this place. And we pray that and we want that. We, we, we want the breath of God, the wind of God to fill your hearts and fill your souls and to give wind and give life to you. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit's job is not to just make you feel something in here. The purpose of the job of the Holy Spirit is to send you out from here into your community, neighborhood, and family. And see the Holy Spirit taken from here out there. I think we can say this. If the Holy Spirit doesn't lead you out there, it almost doesn't really matter in here. And I know that sounds harsh. I know that, that that's like, what? But here's, here's the thing. If we're just saying, I want to come into a building on Sunday and just feel the Holy Spirit and not realizing the Holy Spirit's job is to get inside of you and empower you, not to stay in this building and feel something, but to empower you to get outside of there and let people know about who Jesus is and what Jesus is like. If we miss that, then the Holy Spirit's work, honestly, is in many ways pointless. Because Jesus wasn't saying, hey, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit and then huddle up and keep it to yourself. Have holy huddles all around the city. Sing kumbaya. Listen to a guy say a couple cool words and then go and have nothing else in your life changed. That's a load of garbage. Jesus said, you will receive power. You'll be my witnesses. And after you do that, you know what you're going to do? You're going to go. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit would move so much more in your life Monday through Saturday than in this room on Sunday. Why? Because the Holy Spirit won't come upon you. The Holy Spirit will dwell in you. My prayer is that whenever you are eating outside, you're, you're at the restaurant on Sunday. So I know all y'all go out to eat after church, right? You're going somewhere. I would love to hear stories, testimonies of you leave this place on Sunday and God gives you the opportunity just to simply invite the waitress to church. Maybe the Holy Spirit leads you to where you feel like there's something going on in her life and you just quickly ask her, excuse me, man, I just feel like there's something going on in your life. Is there anything that I could pray for for you? And yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it's weird. She might, she, 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 she might be like, nah, nothing. I'm good. Okay, cool. Just wanted to ask. God loves you that we would not be afraid to let the Holy Spirit empower us and use us outside of this room on Sunday. Why? Because the Holy Spirit wasn't meant for a room on Sunday. The Holy Spirit was meant to empower you in your family, community, job, restaurants, sports teams, Monday through Saturday. Why? Because if we're going to see revival happen, if we're going to see this city come to know and serve and love Jesus, it's not going to be by saying, hey, get everyone in the building here. It's not going to be by just coming to this building. You know what? It's the way it's actually going to actually happen is by you being sent out. And you being the walking, living, breathing example in Jesus' embodiment in the context where God has sent you in your life, in your family. You know, people play God. 
people pray all the time, we want revival. Have you ever heard any, anybody pray, pray that? God, we want revival. Revive us. And, and I, you know, I know it's good prayers. It's awesome. But I think we can sometimes think revival is kind of like having big stadium services and Billy Graham type, type evangelistic events, which are, which are good, needed. Those are awesome. But do you know what I see revival as? Fathers, husbands loving their wives as much as Christ loved the church. And they, in their home, say, God has given me the responsibility to love, serve, oversee my family. And I'm not going to pray, God, revive us, when I'm not praying, God, revive my family. My prayer is that, men, you would take, you would take spiritual responsibility for your home and that you would love your wife and train your kids to love and serve Jesus, that you would focus your life on loving them and serving them and literally being the pastor in your home. That's what I call revival. Why? Because until God moves in us individually, he's not gonna move in us corporately. He's, un, un, until we'll even go across the street, until we'll even go across the bedroom to love and serve somebody, got to begin in us y'all revival i see revival as us taking responsibility for our neighborhoods do you even know your neighbors do you even pray for them and this is something that god has been shaking my heart for i've got a cul-de-sac or probably about 15 houses i probably know about eight of them there's seven others that i don't know and john's like or you know, God's like, John, what are you doing to love and serve your cul-de-sac? Why? Because I've been sent there. My whole point is, 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 guys, the Holy Spirit will give you a burden not to just feel something in this room, but it'll give you a burden to go outside of your comfort zone, outside of what just you think is normal, to love and serve and to be literally Jesus to them through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you out there. It really doesn't matter in here. Church, I want to say this prophetically, that I believe that Lifehouse is a church that is called to help turn Newport News upside down through the power of the Holy, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Empowered by Him to live godly lives, see us operate in our God-given gifts as we uplift and testify to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, showing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives and all of us operating in our spirit-given gifts, we will see the city impacted for Jesus. That's what I believe that God has called this church to. It's not going to be, be something that is going to happen overnight. It's not going to be like it's going to just happen tomorrow. But at the same time, I believe if we're good, we're faithful and fruitful, we do the right things over a long period of time, we will see ultimately God shake this city and turn the city upside down. Because that's what the Holy Spirit did in the book of Acts. And you know what? I don't want to look at the Bible and be like, oh, that was good, good stuff, good, 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 good times. If God did it then, I want God to do it now. Why not? Why not us, fam? Why not us, church fam? But you know what it's going to take? It's going to take you surrendering your life first. Everyone wants the book of Acts results, but no one wants to put in the kind of book of Acts sacrifice. So guys, church family, would you just stand with me today? My prayer today is, is that there has been a little desire put in you, a passion in you for the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, that the Holy Spirit is many times unseen. The Holy Spirit is unpredictable, but the Holy Spirit is powerful, that it would give you a heart not to just focus on just your own life, but it would send you for you will receive power. My prayer today is that in your spirit, in your heart, you would feel this new breath of God, give you a new sense of power, that would, man, give you love, self-discipline, that would just let you know that you've got like an army fighting for you, you've got God in, in you, and that through it, it would send you out, outside of your comfort zone, into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, meaning this, in your own context, in your own family, in your community, to see this city change through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna do something. We did this first service. We had this whole front here lined up. We're gonna do something that we've never done in the history of Lifehouse, mainly because we're in a theater. 
It's just hard to have a like altar, you know? It's just hard to have a place because you might walk up here and you might trip over wires. It's okay, I've done it many times. Just don't worry about it, okay? It's just a wire, a light might break, we'll pay for it, all right? It's okay. But we, I, I, you know, I believe the word of God requires a, a response where God speaks and I believe that God has spoken today clearly. And my prayer is, 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 is that we need to respond with, with, with a physical step. And look, the, you know, this, this whole space, and there's nothing special about this whole space, nothing special. But at the same time, I think there is something special whenever we take a physical step of faith upon something that we are believing God for. And my prayer is that you are believing God for a fresh infilling today of the Holy Spirit, a fresh revelation of the inheritance that you have as a son or daughter of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to say this, the, the band, they're gonna play. And if you would say, John, I want a fresh encounter, a fresh outpouring, a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit in my life. As they play, I'm gonna ask you to come down and just line up the front here. And we're not gonna, you know, come over to you and ask you to give us a courtesy fall. You know, we're not going to come pray over, over you and try to throw you down. This is just a physical step that you are taking, saying, God, I'm serious. Like, I want your Holy Spirit more than anything. I want to be empowered to live a godly life. I want to be empowered to be a witness for you. I want to say, even to the point of death, saying, God, I want to follow you so that you'll make a difference for God, not just feeling something here on Sunday, but out there Monday through Saturday. The band's going to play. I want to in, invite you to come up, line up here, and just start worshiping. And it's just saying, God, we want this. What song we're going to do is, God, let us become more aware of your presence. God, let us become aware of your presence in our lives and what you're doing. If you want to come up, come down here and join us and worship with us. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.